Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Liberty Report. Daniel McAdams is our co-host. Daniel, welcome to the program. Good morning, Dr. Paul. We're finally up and ready to go. <laughs> Very good. Uh, we have a little thunderstorm going on and we have a little bit of competition today, but we're here and we're going to do our very best to deliver our side of the news, try to straighten out the nonsense that a lot of people have to put up with. I listen to the nonsense because I want to know what they're thinking. And that's really discouraging when you have to listen to the regular stuff. But we have to know what people are hearing. And you know what, what Daniel, I think uh, right now things look a, a little bit better in that some of the major media is actually talking a little bit like us. And not that they're following us, but uh, somebody influenced them in that direction. The one last thing is even if they even if we did have some influence, we're not going to hear about it. Our job is just to do our best to research it and tell the truth and try to straighten this out. But there are two major things going on. The uh, COVID nonsense continues. It's as mixed up as ever, but in a way, some good news coming out of there. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I want to start off with a bit of an update because it really is in the major news services today. And that has to do with... Uh, the uh, uh, Afghanistan and the mess that's over there, and it's 20 years old. And they act like, where, where this came from? Oh, President Biden created the whole monster. He he was at fault. Now he he uh, he's a powerful person. He was around for a long time. He could have said something about the coming crisis. He didn't do that. But to say that he has arrived and created all the inflation that we're dealing with, all the economic problems, but that's part of the politics. And right now, uh, he, it's a monster of a problem uh, in Afghanistan. Well, he didn't exactly create Afghanistan, but he was in charge of trying to smooth things over. And uh, we have argued the case that Trump had a better idea, uh, which never got followed through. Uh, that that uh, effort to come out of Afghanistan has been dropped. And so we have uh, Biden running the show now. But Daniel, if there's anything to my theory, which is shared by many people, and uh, I've just accepted it from other people, is that one of the plan uh, is to have chaos. Chaos at home, financially, uh, civil liberties wise, lockdown, and even international. And though I don't like our empire, uh, there are a lot of people who uh, are ecstatic and that's their whole goal. Not, not so much that they have a, a, a detest, uh, not that they detest empires uh, and even our empire at times, it's just that the way it's being managed, it's a technical thing. But uh, I don't like empires and I like to see them go, but I don't like to see the disintegration in this manner, because I would think when you offer up liberty and cooperation and trade with people and principled politics and get only people in government that are willing to act like diplomats, uh, you can't expect too much. But right now it is chaotic. And a lot of people now uh, are threatened. A lot of people have gotten out, but we mentioned, I think yesterday that <laughs> the large majority uh, are Afghanis. The American people that went over there, maybe they're ill-advised or they go over as contractors, they go over as serving our military, 
and all, all these things, they, they haven't gotten out. And now there's mass confusion. First thing is where the airplanes come in the airport, uh, the directions are stay away, stay away. Uh, so, so I don't know how they're going to get them out if they can't get to the airport. Uh, anyway, that's a, that's a military tactical thing that has to be dealt with, uh, even though the long-term goal of getting out of there uh, you know, I've been fighting for that even before they built up the military, you know, 20 years ago. So here here we are. But there's been uh, one bomb. But the interesting thing, Daniel, I want you to comment on this is, you know, everything that we hear, especially in the last 10 years or so, it's always been the Taliban, the Taliban. Uh, they've created all all the problems and they're the most evil. But what, what has happened to Al Qaeda? And uh, ISIS and the other groups of uh, of uh, militants, uh, they're out there. As a matter of fact, it's, it's supposedly said that ISIS is doing the bombing now and maybe taking advantage of it. Because I do not think uh, that ISIS and the Taliban are bosom buddies. I think they compete for power, just like uh, the Western nations compete for power. And we have competition for power within our own setting. But right now, Daniel, I think there's a mess over there. Uh, I think things could be done differently, but there's no easy solution other than prevention. That's what our real solution is, preventing these problems, whether it's Iraq or Middle East or Syria or, or Libya, the whole works. Vietnam was a good example. Prevention would have been a much better way to handle uh, you know, problems like this around the world. Yeah, so the big news this morning is that there's been a double bombing, we're being told. We're also being told that the, that ISIS is behind it. It's interesting because if you're cynical, you might think that's strange because we haven't heard anything about ISIS for a long time. And all, all of a sudden, as in sort of a bad horror movie, they come walking back on stage to take over. However, at the same time, you do have target of opportunity. And if... Uh, if um, uh, ISIS is interested in taking care of opportunities. You have the United States military at the airport in Kabul, surrounded by Taliban forces, essentially defenseless in a way, certainly in the strategic sense, unless you're going to do uh, some uh, over-the-horizon bombing of Kabul, which doesn't seem to be in the cards. So it is possible that it is a, uh, a, a bombing of, uh, of, of convenience, so to speak, because the U.S. is there. Interesting about this, Dr. Paul, is that apparently the Taliban called the United States, informed the United States of the threat beforehand. So we do have an interesting situation, and this tends to bolster uh, what you've just said, and which we do know, which is that the Taliban are mortal enemies of ISIS and al-Qaeda. They have a different religious philosophy, and they're at war with each other. So you also see a situation uh, where the Taliban are warning the U.S., and it might be because, hey, we don't want to be blamed for it because we know what Biden has said, we're going to retaliate. Uh, but it also could be a, a kind of an olive branch, if you will, uh, that you know we're going to not allow unnecessary threats to, to hit you. But as it stands right now, as you say, it's chaos. There are a lot of injuries. So far, we see about 52 people confirmed injured, including... Uh, U.S. Marines. My guess is it'll go up from that, from the pictures that we've seen. Uh, but it's um, it's a very uh, tense situation, and it looks like the U.S. is going to call off uh, the airlift a few days early. At least that's the news that we're hearing. 
Very good. And Daniel, uh, I believe you and I at least will be talking about this for a while longer. This, this problem is not going away. And even if it was temporarily solved or quieted down in Afghanistan, until we change our foreign policy, we're going to have this endlessly. And I would say the current foreign policy is an outgrowth of uh, what was the consequence of the victory uh, in World War II with us assuming not only the economic power of the world, but the military power. And we've thrown our weight around. And right now, I think the world would like to see us fail at the various groups uh, around the world. But uh, I want to go over to what's going on, uh, going on real, uh, more or less, uh, you know, with uh, COVID, because there's a new story, and I indicated at the opening that there's a there's an indication that the media's tone has changed a little bit. I think we even mentioned that yesterday. What's going on in here? Why is this tone changing? So we want to talk a little bit about that. And the first the first item I want to mention uh, comes from uh, Julie Stenhuisen. She writes for uh, Chicago Reuters, and she talks about L.A. County. And uh, we've seen numbers like this, uh, and because in various places, this is what's turning up. But this one's pretty, pretty startling. I mean, excitingly, too, because it comes from Reuters. And the claim is uh, in this article that 25 percent of the infections in Los Angeles County residents occur with fully vaccinated individuals. So, boy, yeah, it, you know, we we talk about this, Daniel, at risk. They'll say, see, we know we need a third shot. That's what they'll turn it into. But eventually that won't work. And I think we're at that point where the people aren't buying into this. There's growing resistance. And it was great that there was a football uh, stadium empty or getting to be empty where people just refused to go to a National Football League game uh, because they had to show passports and things like that. But uh, I, I, I think that uh, the overblown uh, handling of, uh, of the uh, coronavirus is, will come to an end, uh, mm. but not without some suffering because though we look uh, at what's going around around the world. We don't, I don't at least sit here worrying that the invasion's coming. Uh, China is going to land troops in California. Uh, no, I don't, I don't say that. But there's something, the attack on our liberties is the reason uh, it is said that we go around the world to protect our constitution and protect our liberties. And I never understood that because it has nothing to do with it. So whether it's the war against the virus or a war uh, against uh, uh, Al Qaeda uh, and that it the uh, and and the Taliban, uh, it, it's a threat against our our liberties, but it is not to defend our constitution because a a constitutionalist and uh, a good strong pro American foreign policy would be that we'd stay out of these entanglements like the founders advised, but nevertheless. Uh, we're seeing this, and I was glad to see this uh, this article just to make the point that uh, there's a failure out there. Just just having another, and even today we might be able to mention this one article that says that uh, that that the, the uh, there's going to be a six uh, every six months you have to get a booster, and they're going to do it to the military very soon, and the military is not too happy about it. 
So they're going in the opposite direction. Yeah, you're right. It's not working. Therefore, we have to give more shots. And pretty soon they'll probably say, well, maybe we have a new vaccine will do better. Yeah, well, the Reuters report is very important because this is the theme that we've been talking about for several days now, which is that even the mainstream media uh, is noticing that there's a real problem with the vaccines and there's a real problem with the approach that the, that the U.S. government and its agencies, the CDC, for example, has taken in fighting uh, the COVID virus. And we're seeing this over and over in the mainstream. And as we mentioned yesterday, Zero Hedge uh, pulled out some segments of our show uh, to point out the mainstream media is paying attention. But the article you mentioned is from Los Angeles County, as you say, and they found that some 25% of people that are getting infected from COVID are fully vaccinated. That means both shots. And we would say to that uh, number, that is probably, we don't have the facts, but probably severely underreported because as we know, uh, CDC guidance has been do not report breakthrough infections unless they require hospitalizations. Whether LA County followed that guidance or not is a question, but I think it's safe to assume that that is a very severe underreporting. And when you think about what the CDC, what Fauci and what the so-called experts said at the time, which is if you get these shots, you will not get COVID full stop. Uh, and that is obviously undermined. And then, and then they said, well, there could be some very rare cases of breakthrough. And now we're seeing, even if you take their numbers, hey, one in four is a breakthrough. You know, what are you going to do about it? Uh, so that's a big problem. And it undermines the entire narrative. And I think that's why we're seeing, Dr. Paul, uh, and we've talked about this for the last few days, we're seeing all of a sudden some attention, including by Fauci himself, paid to early treatments of infections rather than, hey, get a vax or you're going to get a vent, which is what they've been saying all along. This is a huge shift. It's very important. And we have to pay very, very close attention to it, I think. Daniel, I want to reiterate what you just said, because uh, what Fauci is saying is what so often has been said by the doctors who have been friendly for a much more market approach and, and quite frankly, a scientific approach. And so uh, with him changing that tune, you don't know how it happens, but we can't we can't pretend we know exactly why he shifts because he's shifting his gears all the time. And as excited as I was about this the other day when we heard about this, I said, yes, I'm excited. I'm glad he's, he's, he's admitting this, but we better wait a day or two. Uh, but right now, it looks like he uh, hasn't jumped on uh, uh, changing, changing his tune. Uh, you know, I can, Zero Hedge have been very friendly with us and, uh, and sympathetic to the positions we've taken. And there was a headline that uh, I, 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 don't, I don't usually go at this way. And, and, uh, and somebody might say we're bragging. I don't, I don't like braggarts. <laughs> but it says... Their headlines, even mainstream media is now asking big questions about COVID vaccines. And they have an article and they mention our website and our program. So I think that's that's very nice for them to do that, but very good that they're allies. And uh, there's a lot of good information that we get from Zero Hedge and something to keep us up to date because it's always changing, it's there, and it's a real challenge to sort it out. The efforts to uh, practice good medicine, 
to be uh, not in denial and pretend that there are no dangers uh, with the infection, but also uh, bring it into uh, a bit of a more sane position rather than a hysterical position of, uh, of lockdowns. And, uh, and yet I've, I've maintained, we're not there yet, but I've maintained that the type of government a country has is basically a reflection of what the people finally endorse. So I think the endorsements are changing because they were very, very scared last year. There's still a lot of people that are scared that way and they don't want to take it because the officials, the government said this, the head doctor of the country said this. Well, what would what would Ron Paul and these other people know if the head doctor in the country, you know, said, be scared? Well, I, I think that uh, that is shifting. I think that's good. Well, the other thing that we're seeing in the mainstream and you did mention, and this is again Reuters, which has been among the most hysterical about COVID over the past year and about other things. But as you mentioned, now the U.S. plans COVID-19 booster shots at six months instead of eight months. And they're reporting uh, based on reporting from the Wall Street Journal. So what it had been just days ago is that, well, after eight months, you might need to get a booster shot. And the question that we had is, well, if you give them the same shot that kept fading, how is that going to make anything different? Is there new science? Uh, the answer has been no. But now they've, they've moved it up from eight months to six months. And here was Dr. Rochelle Walensky, the head of the CDC, just yesterday. She said, quote, we are concerned that wrong protection against severe infection, hospitalization and death could decrease in the months ahead. And notice that she did not say prevention against transmission because they've already give up, given up on that, which is a key feature of the vaccine. That's what makes it a vaccine is that you can't tra uh, transmit it. And that's the entire rationale behind vaccine mandates. If you have your vaccine, then you're not going to spread the disease. Well, they've already given up on that as well. So there is no rationale for what they're doing. And I think that's one of the reasons, Dr. Paul, that we're seeing so much scrambling among the so-called experts. It almost seems like uh, when the, uh, the the mask is pulled off, you know, or in uh, in uh, uh, when Toto pulls the, the the string back, and you see the Wizard of Oz is just some guy with a bunch of levers. I think that's what we're seeing, and there's a, there's a real a real problem with that. Right, uh, you know, our our government our governor has uh, you know expressed himself here in the last day or so, and um, he's not backing down, you know, even though the, up until recently, there was no hint that things might not be as bad as they say. And of, of course, uh, the variant uh, was new and damaging and, the, and there were so many more deaths and all these things happening that uh, many of were, uh, you know, couldn't wait to put the sanctions back on again. But the governor of Florida, uh, has not buckled, and the governor of Texas has not buckled. So I would say they, this is good because I suspect that uh, the numbers have been uh, a bit distorted, uh, and you know the just this whole thing when when it when it, one uh, one statistic that I reported early on was this: the, the fact is uh, they have to change their tune. The vaccines really aren't working. And but they will argue with me on that and they'll say, well, maybe they're not as sick. They, they still get it, but they're not not as sick. A anyway, 
I think things are changing and we have to keep encouraging the people that are d- doing a good, good job. But the, the governor did make a good statement. He said he's not going to back down. And also, uh, I wanted to uh, mention also uh, that the six months, uh, this repetition on the shots in the military is already, you know, the, the, the uh, uh, enlistees and the, the non-generals, uh, I don't think they're happy about this. I would think that, you know, with the mess going on in Afghanistan, when you get involved constantly with wars that don't have really uh, a precise purpose, and people who have been over there, I had somebody talk to me the other day that he spent three tours over there, and he finally came to the conclusion, what am I doing over here? And I think more of that will occur. And yeah, now people are starting to reassess. Some of the military has been over there. They're saying, oh, yeah, and look at, and look at the way uh, look at the way it, it has ended. So I think people will start questioning. Now they're going to get jabbed and think that's going to help solve their problem. Uh, that that isn't it. So I uh, yeah. I think that uh, some of this stuff might be moving us in the right direction. Well, the other thing that's really interesting is that Rochelle Walensky went on the Today Show, NBC's Today Show. Again, doesn't get any more mainstream than that. And she was interviewed by a very friendly interviewer, and she was talking about the need to have so-called booster shot, a third shot. And the interviewer asked her, is there data, is there new data to support the effectiveness of a booster shot, booster shot or you, do you just hope that it works? And Dr. Walensky, head of the CDC, said, there's no new data, but we hope it works. So we've gone from trust the science to we hope it works. And that is a massive, massive leap. And hopefully Americans are start, going to start questioning the people that have been paraded in front of them as experts, because it appears increasingly obvious that they literally don't know what they're talking about. You know, there's in, in medicine, there's always times when you don't absolutely know the outcome and there, there may be question. Uh, but what if the doctor generally followed that pattern of giving some medicine for somebody that's very sick and say, well, I don't know if it'll work. I hope it does. <laughs> I, I don't think that would be building uh, confidence. So this is another uh, episode or example of how the confidence is being lost. And, uh, and, and they're not going to be reassured by people who don't have an answer because the questions are going to uh, grow and grow, and uh, then they're going to have to uh, make up their mind about dependency on another new vaccine, which, you know, the talk of a, a different vaccine out there, uh, it, it seems like we've had enough confusion already. We don't need a new one. We, what we need is more talk about how do you keep patients out of the hospital? Just think of that. That That is a big breakthrough and they're conceding that if Fauci even said, you know, if you get early treatment, uh, we could keep 85% of the people out of the hospital. I mean, that's, that is astounding. So that's, that's what we have to uh, uh, concentrate on. Yeah. You know, uh, it's a, it's, it's something that uh, we, um, we, we think is very important. We do see, see things, things improving, but uh, we still have a ways to go.
Yeah, you know, Dr. Paul, that hits home a little personally too, because I, I can't stop wondering if if they had not turned their backs on the idea of early treatment, if my own father might be still around, because uh, at the time there was no nothing being offered at all. And we were ridiculed early on for suggesting they try hydroxychloroquine. I wish we could do it over again, but we can't. But I'm I'm hey, ready to I'm sorry. No, go ahead, Dr. Paul. No, go ahead. Okay, finish up. I was I was just gonna close out if we're ready to wind it down here. Okay. Did you have some more that you wanted to? No, no. Oh. I'm ready to close too. <laughs> okay. And now my last word, Dr. Paul, was just going to be that um, we have put a few tickets uh, back on sale. Uh, we put a block on sale uh, and uh, more than half of them were snapped up right away. So we at the present for our Washington conference, and you can see there's a link on ronpaulinstitute.org website. Uh, there looked to be only about 25 tickets left, Dr. Paul. So we're happy to see that there is a renewed interest. We're happy that we've been able to invite some people to come join us that perhaps were turned away last time. But by all means, if you're interested in attending the event, it'll be at a new hotel and the information is on the website. Uh, you should probably snap up that ticket today because my uh, expect expectation, Dr. Paul, is that they will be sold out again uh, by the end of the day today. Very good. You know, I, I want to close with uh, tr trying to make a point that, you know, when the president ended up a year, more than a year ago now, uh, he had COVID and he used some of those uh, uh, treatments, I believe, were based on every bit as good science as what the, the so-called scientist, the head doctor of this country was advocating. So, uh, but uh, Trump, I understand, used hydroxy and uh, antibody uh, treatment, and uh, he got better. But did he get the hate from that? I mean, what he was doing was setting the worst example. He's gonna kill people. I mean, it was just insane what they were doing. But now they're using it. But one question I could ask cynically is, do you think they're going to apologize to the president for making a huge mistake instead of saying, hey, you know, if the president's doctors are using this, maybe we ought to offer that to our patients or look into it more. That didn't happen. And even now with the proof coming out, even though they're quietly shifting gears, uh, it's, that's the most important thing, that they're shifting gears and saying that we're not likely to penalize. But doctors had been. Doctors lost jobs over this. They've lost their position, their prestige. And it's really been, uh, you know, very bad on the misinformation that has been dealt with. But I think the misinformation, whether it's over COVID or over foreign wars, like 20 years in Afghanistan, all based on lies, lies and innuendos and pretense. And a name, doing it in the name of patriotism, you don't support it, you're not patriotic. They use the same terminology when we uh, uh, fight for a, a freer approach to treatment of diseases. I want to thank everybody today for tuning in to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.